I feel like this is going to be a congested podcast intro because I'm still kind of congested sounding. I'll try not to sniff my nose. <laughs> it's probably a no-no. <laughs> morning news anchor laugh. <laughs> not, yeah. It's not a morning news anchor laugh. It's what it sounds like. You're killing me, Smalls. I know. It's what you hired me for, right? To bust my balls. And you didn't hire me. I'm here for free. All right. Hey, guys. This is Rob, and welcome to Question... Number 21, how do you measure success? It's my interview with what? You're making faces at me. I have a tickle in my throat and I'm saving it. You're, you're saving it for what? To cough? Yes. All right, let it out. <coughs> it's like a, I'm paranoid about having a tickle and so I have a tickle. And just thinking about it. Not like a self-fulfilling it. prophecy. Uh, speaking <clears throat> of tickles, well, we're back. We took a month off. This I'm going to get to the tickle portion. Your t- The tickle in your throat portion of this. But we're back. We took about... A month off? I mean, it was like three weeks. Three or four weeks off of the, this podcast. I need water. You can, you can just say what it... <laughs> you know, when I have a cough... Go on. I find that the greatest medicine is nature's medicine. Nothing heals more than mother's milk. <laughs> you know, when I have a cold, the first thing I reach for is a... Uh, a tall glass of Guinness. <laughs> Do you want a Guinness? Yes, please. All right. This is like the equivalent of that um, herbal throat coat tea. <laughs> a Guinness? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a, a research study that I read once about oh. Guinness. Researchers from the University of Wisconsin told a meeting of the American Heart Association in like 2003 that Guinness contained antioxidant compounds similar to those found in certain fruits and vegetables. This is dumb. Yeah. Cheers. Mm, I'm feeling better already. I am joined, as always, by my wife, my partner in crime, my... Ah, oh, dang, I wasn't thinking of one. You're Bonnie, like Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, all right, I'll take it. My wife, Sarah, who is currently sitting at the table, our dining room table, painting her nails. <laughs> Gotta multitask, people. I'm an important woman. Anyways, I was saying, we took a month off of the podcast and actually music and everything. Uh, we went overseas, traveled Germany... And it was awesome. No phones. We used our phones for maps and stuff like that, but didn't text, didn't call, didn't email, didn't do any of this stuff. And it was awesome. It's just good to go other places. That's really the takeaway every time we go anywhere. Got to see how people do it elsewhere. I think that's healthy. Yeah. And they really do eat a lot of sausage in Germany. That's my takeaway. Okay. I do want to say this. Talking about travel. I feel like it's really important. And I know that sounds like a privileged thing. Oh, travel is super important. But I'm not talking about vacations. I'm not talking about cruises. I'm talking about travel, getting out of whatever comfort zone, whatever location of the world you're in. Hopefully that can be as extreme as going to another country that speaks a different language than you. If not, maybe that's just a different state, something different culturally. I just find that super important. Well, and sometimes another culture is on the other side of the freeway. And and people won't even... That's really fair. Cross yeah. those lines sometimes. Yeah. Just, we, we just all want to, we just want to be I comfortable. Mean, yeah. Like, I think people like their comfort zones. And I think also people have a lot of preconceived ideas about what goes on on the other side of wherever that may or may not be correct. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. people are afraid. And all those things combined cause people to kind of be frozen where they're at. Oh, man. Okay. That's so funny that you're saying that because. I have this quote by Mark Twain in front of me that I wanted to kind of find a way to tie in, but it's exactly saying what you're saying. He says, 
Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all of one's lifetime. And I think that's awesome. That's so good. I would agree, Mark Twain. Hey, can I get a ball and rock for a All right. I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with sponsors on this podcast or else I would have to say that I am feeling 95 to 99% better just after cracking open this Guinness. Mm, Most definitely. We went on a tangent earlier. The whole reason we're talking about traveling is because we left, came back, and the second we landed, literally the day after we got back, both of us got slammed super hard getting sick. Why would you talk about our colds? Because you were because you were coughing earlier. Oh, I suppose it can be assumed. Oh, Sarah must be sick. But you can expound on it if you'd that like. Won't. Okay. <laughs> oh, Robbie. Uh, expound on everything? Yes. I know. Okay, I'm really pumped about this episode. The title of this question, I keep... I know. Questions. 21 questions in. Questions. Episodes. episodes statements. Whatever it is. The title of this one is How Do You Measure Success? And I hate this title. I came up with this title... And I'm keeping this title because it perfectly sums up the conversation and what we talked about. Uh, it's my interview with Nate Larson. It totally sums it up perfectly, but it's so freaking cheesy. I literally said when I was writing down some of the things I did not want for this podcast, one of the things I said was, I'm not going to have the word success in any of the titles. I'm breaking my own rules because it fits. Here's why I can use success. In the title. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. Because this isn't a how-to. This isn't a self-help. This isn't a 10 ways to become successful and whatever you want to do or any of that crap. The reason I am totally loving this conversation that I had with Nate is because it doesn't give any answers, really. Nate is in the middle of asking all these, as am I, he's in the middle of asking all these questions of what does success mean for me? Well, hopefully, you know, we're all constantly reevaluating. I feel like I've talked about this before. It's just like one of my, I don't know, tangents I think about. But, you know, success, just like your dreams are always changing. Your definition of success is always changing. Uh, So I was going to use this word success in the title and whatever. So I looked up the actual definition Mm, of success in the dictionary. 
and which is funny because this whole episode is talking about defining it for ourselves. But the dictionary defines success as the favorable or prosperous termination of attempts or endeavors, the accomplishment of one's goals. Mm. Which I am fascinated by the fact that the word termination. Yeah, it's really weird isn't to me. There. It almost makes success sound like, oh, bummer. The ride's over. The definition of success has to do with the end of something. Right. That's fascinating. And like you were just saying, the fact that success for you is always changing. So just by the definition of success, I it almost seems unattainable. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you set a goal, you accomplish it, and then you naturally set another goal. Right. And then maybe you accomplish it or you fail at that. So... This broad term of success isn't a final stagnant thing, but maybe an ongoing journey. I mean, I think I would hope that that would be the way it is. Otherwise, you know, we would reach whatever the pinnacle is and then just lay down and die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess. To be dramatic, but like, oh, well, I reached it. I made a million dollars, had two kids. Yeah. I guess I'm done now. I'll tap out. So it's important to have that forward motion and almost that never reaching the summit, as crappy as that is sometimes, that is essential to our survival as a human and as a society. And I think I think about the dangerousness of maybe the word successful. When you have successful, mm. then you're attaching that to someone and you're taking someone's trajectory of life and where they are in that moment and putting a term of that being a goal for you, right. which yes. is maddening because that is probably one of the most illogical things you can possibly do. Strider. He'd like to have your gloves. It's one of the most illogical. Th- I, our cat right now is jumping up on the table, pulling my hand towards him. Anyways, there's, I can go on and on, but this is a great conversation <laughs> talking about that. Like, What happens when you set a definition of success for you and you get there? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Or you get to this other place in life and you have more perspective and you start seeing things differently. That's why I love this conversation with Nate. Because we talk about not how to be successful, but how to think maybe of success. Like what are the things that are going on in Nate's life as what I would consider a successful photographer. Right. What's been going on with him that would make him think differently about success. Does that make sense at all? I think so. Anyways, for any of you that have been following this podcast, you know that my goal of this is not any sort of me sit here, talk at you like a lot of podcasts do. This is just a goal to be a place of conversation, to have a conversation, be the most interactive freaking podcast on the face of the earth. So that said, put out a video on Instagram saying, hey, this is what the podcast is about this week. I would love to hear uh, what success means to you, what it used to mean and how that definition of success has changed for you. Go on. I guess you guys to call the hotline and leave a story. So let's go to the hotline. Hear from you guys. Here's the hotline. The end. <laughs> do you want to do a makeup hotline song this week? beep 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 How's that? Perfect. Welcome back to the best of Dr. Marsha Fieldstone, clinical psychologist and the friend you never had. Sleepless in Seattle. Well, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed every morning. Breathe in and out all and then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed in the morning and breathe in and out. Hello. Hello? Who's there? I'm talking. Hello. Who is this? You know what this is. This is Jason Bourne. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Is this a fake hang-up? It's a fake hang-up. Hey, Rob. This is 
McKinchis. Uh, so about two years ago, my definition of success definitely changed when my wife, Melissa, became pregnant. Prior to that, I was traveling a lot for work, you know, setting up sound systems and lighting systems, and I was really happy uh, traveling, being, you know, being gone a lot definitely made our our home life unique, uh, that dynamic unique, but uh, it was something that we we did really well. Now that I have a little 15-month-old uh, baby girl, my definition of success has definitely become focused on providing a community for her in addition to being satisfied in, in my own life, and that, that's professionally and personally. So rather than pursuing gigs that might take me further away from my family, uh, it's about finding satisfaction um, in my in my life while I'm able to maintain uh, a home life that's stable, safe, and um, and what I feel is appropriate for for my family with with our little daughter. So, thanks for the great podcast. Keep up the good work, man. Um, and uh, I can't wait to hear what other people have to say on this topic. All right, cheers. Hey, Rob, this is Kira from Dallas, Texas. And uh, this is an interesting topic for me because um, I spend most of my time feeling like a failure, but nobody sees me as a failure. I've always kind of found the, the concept of success to be an interesting one because there's not a real set standard, you know. Society will try to say that there is one, but there isn't. I am a uh, published author. I am an award-winning author, but I am not a best-selling author. And so industry-wise, I'm a failure, but 90% of the people I know who write never even finish a story. And so to them, I am a very big success. And uh, I've always told myself that um, the definition for success for me is if you are making a positive impact on even one child, then you've succeeded. And I have done that. And I said, okay, that's awesome. Now it's time to make a positive impact on another kid and another kid and another kid. And this is how I just kind of keep going. So I don't know if I'll ever feel like I've made it because once I hit a goal, I move on to the next goal. Um, But like most artistic people, I do deal with that concept of imposter syndrome and never feeling like I've really made it, never feel like I've done enough. I think it's important to have a very um, realistic view on life. Nobody's perfect. Uh, No one's ever going to get everything 100% right. And what really matters is that you are doing your best, you are helping people, and you're making the world a better place. So anyway, I'm really glad the show is coming back and uh, looking forward to hearing your new podcast episodes. And I hope you had a fun time. I think that's really good. I mean, it's kind of like along the lines of even what I was saying about, you know, your goals changing. And But I think she's really honest about the struggle. Of, yeah. And I think it's also important. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about you. But it is very true that we don't look th- at ourselves through the lens that other people do. So you may feel like a failure and no one else sees that. They see success. And... You may feel okay or like a failure and other people see, see you as a failure. So yeah. for someone like you, your natural inclination is opposite of mine. Yours is to look inward and you find your confidence within yourself. Mm. 
yes. uh, and finding that definition of your own. You do that naturally and way easier than I do, where I naturally am looking outside myself, asking questions, gauging the environment, gauging other people. To see if you're good enough or not. Yeah. And I don't know if that comes from doing music for a living and doing something where I'm not just doing my own music, I'm doing music and playing for other people. And so I'm constantly gauging like, okay, do people like this? Or, or what I'm doing, right. am I, do I have something to offer? Um, if, if it's I'm in the studio and I have throw out an idea, like instantly looking around, engaging the room, was that a good idea or a bad idea? I think anything that's in the arts, music for sure, definitely other pieces of art. Every time you do something, every time you play a show or you paint a piece or you write a book, you are submitting it in a sense for people's approval or rejection for, I guess I would say, regular people's jobs yeah. in air quotes. Obviously, you're constantly being evaluated. I have an evaluation every year, but there isn't like a, well, here's my package. Here's what I have to offer. Yeah. It's just like every day I do my job and hopefully I do it well. Yeah. It's a different kind of pressure. Whereas for you, you play a show and immediately you know that people are judging you good or bad. And so I, f I think for people who are artists of some sort or another, it makes sense that you would feel an extra kind of pressure. Which is fascinating because like everything you're just saying right now is that sometimes you need to look within and ignore external mm -hmm. to realize that you're being successful to your own standards yes. and where you're at in life. But then where she just said, uh, sometimes you need to ignore the voices that are within you, right. doubting yourself like see yourself how other people would see you. Right. I don't know. I just the balance of those two that are completely different, but also completely needed at different times right. are fascinating. But also to, to what Nick was saying, where he talked about having a baby girl, his goals, his definition of success changing because of that and wanting to be home more. That's fascinating too, because in a lot of careers, even outside of the arts, success and air quotes right now means having to travel more. And like you see people that are traveling or music, they're touring and that's been right. super successful. And I'm not even going to say anything more about that because we could dive, yes. dive into this deep with my conversation with Nate and I'm pumped to share his view on success and travel and this definition. It's just awesome. I'm really pumped about it. Uh, also side note, right before this part of the conversation, something happened. I'm sitting there, we're eating. He has this massive freaking pancake. I'm not kidding when I say it's almost three inches thick. Oh, that sounds right, delicious. Right, yeah, it's, it's massive. This thing's huge. But all of a sudden, I feel like this kind of wetness and this slipperiness on my feet underneath this booth that we're sitting at. And I look down and my leg and my boots are covered in butter. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. So I look down and I, I'm not kidding. My red wings are like completely slathered in butter all over it. And then my whole left leg all up and down the pant legs is butter. Where did it come from? So, so someone must have dropped, like someone Ooh. dropped a massive slab of butter. Okay. Everything comes massive at this place. And I must have stepped in it. Before we dive into this episode real quick, before we dive into this question, <laughs> uh iOS 11 just happened, right? I Every, don't know. The new software update for iPhone users. So here's the deal. You just did your software update. That means there's a brand new podcasting app through the iOS platform. So 
What that means is if you're listening to this on iTunes with the iTunes podcast app, um, the whole format and the way it looks changed. That said, it is easier than ever to go rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. So do me a favor. I would love to hear from you. Go to iTunes, rate five stars, leave a comment. In your comment, ask a question that we can read to Sarah on one of these episodes. It's easier than ever. Go check it out. Right. Is it actually easier? It actually is okay. a lot easier. <laughs> Gotta be popular. <laughs> Gotta be so popular. <laughs> <laughs>So I toured for essentially three or four years, and then we decided just for life reasons to stop touring. <clears throat> we had a, you know, I think we had a pretty good good thing going. Uh, I loved the people I was in the band with, but they, it kind of got to the point where we were on the road all the time. Yeah. And your life starts you to go. To you have to, and that's the thing. And very few musicians can make, it's tough to make it just without touring I mean if you're playing your own stuff and we were playing our own stuff and it wasn't like this was back before there was licensing Yeah. so now I mean I know artists even locally who make in the six figures just with licensing you know they do song you know yeah. songwriting or music bed kind of stuff and uh, but that for us like we were making money if we were touring yeah. and you get to the point where after you miss your eighth eighth friend's wedding and your, you know, all these things, and we just got to the point where, like, is it is it worth being on the road so much anymore? Yeah. We said no, it isn't. So we got off the road, and I went back to college, got my yeah. degree. You went back to college? I didn't know that. Yep. I went two years on, and then four years off. Yeah. Touring, and then went back to For Bethel another. and got a degree. Okay. I got a degree in theology. Yeah. Uh, big so, money. Big money. So obviously, right after the yeah. college, I went into commercial real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, right after right after I graduated, I for half a year I was at Eagle Brook. I okay. was a upper worship center leader. Oh, I back, didn't know that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So right before Steve Duty got hired, I was there. So it was me and Matt and I think Amy Anderson or uh, who's the other guy. Yeah. Anyway, so I was I was at Eagle Brook, but I, I I went into commercial real estate. Yeah, and kind of I was, that was kind of a crossroads where I was trying to decide should I work with my brother and do framing like mm-hmm. build houses because I love that stuff yeah. like I really love design and building houses so it was either that or it, it was either that or it was here I just took that over because I hit my knuckle on the table that's how pro I am <laughs> so it, it was either building houses or it was uh, worship leading yeah or it was uh, doing commercial real estate with my friend's dad's company yeah so I went into commercial real estate it was enjoyable it paid well like in, in some ways it was yeah. the American dream but that's when I had a friend die in a plane crash. Matt, Matt Berry's friend, too. Have you ever heard about that? Matt's wife, Heather, her best friend, married a guy named Mark who went to college with us. They were really close. Yeah, Mark they were really close. Yep. So I'm, here I am doing commercial real estate. And I, I guess we can get into... I want to talk about success yeah. a bit today, too, perhaps. But So I was doing this job where I was getting paid what I thought at the time was an absurd amount of money, yeah. you know, because like when you come out of college and you come out of like just the lean years, that first <laughs> like that. any job, you're like, uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> guys, I'm paying for Perkins. <laughs> so, so I had a paycheck uh, and you know, paycheck was, I mean, it was good. Yeah. I mean, and, and I was able to buy a couple houses and yeah. buy stuff. Oh. oh, yes. Thank you. I might pick a little more at this. Sorry. Thank you. So I was. Um, <clears throat> wait, can, can we get more butter? Just for, <laughs> just for my boots. 
<laughs> oh man, you got a mess there. You're gonna have to deal with that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, oh. So, so you are just living the dream, buying Perkins for everybody. Buying Perkins for everybody. So when I was thinking about my work and what I did for a living, yeah, I, I was doing commercial. I was doing commercial real estate and getting paid well, and also there was some cachet to the title. Yeah, like when you tell people you do commercial real estate, there's a little bit of like, oh, that's at least a decent job. Oh, yeah. So I had a lot of things going, and and a good buddy of mine. Mark was also uh, doing commercial real estate for his his family's company down in Chicago. Yeah. And whatever I was doing, he, what he was doing was a multiple of a thousand. Like they were a really established company. Yeah. Uh, their family was very wealthy. Like yeah. they just, and he was kind of being groomed to take over that. Yeah. Well, he flew out with one of the partners from his firm in their private jet to uh, to go fly fishing in in Montana. Just a normal Wednesday. Yeah, you know, normal Wednesday. And it was actually a Thursday, and he flew out there, and their wings iced up, and they crashed, and he died. And for me, you know, that process of having your first close friend oh. die just makes you think about, if you have a soul, it makes you think about, what am I doing? Where am I heading right now? Mm-hmm. Because when you see someone's life, that someone who is so vibrant, someone who was a really good good guy, yeah, <clears throat> really lived life well, when you see suddenly all that disappear and you have a week of like funeral stuff, you just hear people talking about like, no one talked about what kind of car he drove. No one talked about how much money he had or how much money he was gonna make or what he was being groomed for. They talked about his faith and his love for his wife and how much he loved fly fishing and hanging out with the boys and you know going skiing, like just the stuff that really matters. And so after that happened, you know, after, after Mark's death, I just took, took stock in my life like why am I doing yeah. what I'm doing why am I doing commercial real estate and I yeah. realized I was doing it solely for the paycheck so it took me maybe six eight months of reflection and doing some like personal retreating and like getting away shutting off all the noise and I decided you know I'm doing this for the wrong reason I'm just doing this to make money so I quit I quit my real estate job I did some work around the house did like a built a, a bedroom yeah did some up, you know, upgrades and stuff like that, and then moved out to L.A., as you do. I moved out there and did acting for a year. Because really? then I was a kid. So here's one of my theories on life. The stuff you love doing when you're a little kid... Not touching anything. Drop it on me. <laughs> the stuff you love doing when you're a little kid is a sometimes a pretty decent indicator of what you could or should or might find joy doing later in life. Now, you have to take off playing Nintendo because I did that and I love that, but I'm yeah. not going to play Nintendo. But like when I was a kid, I always loved writing like plays and like acting and like making yeah. like making movies. Yeah. I loved taking pictures, I loved taking videos. Uh, so kind of the things that I always known like looking back on my life, things that I've always loved doing. I said to myself, well, if I'm not going to do this because it pays well, why would you walk away from a job unless you were walking into something that really mattered to yeah. you? So I said, well, I've always wanted to act. I bet go big or go home. G-B-O-G-H. That's what I always say. <laughs> so, I texted you that before I came today. It's like, G-B-O-G-H, yeah. man. All right? It's a great acronym. Uh, Is that an uh, acronym? Yeah. Man, oh, okay, side note on the uh, what you're doing as a kid is a good indicator of what you should be doing as an adult. It's so interesting to me. Not the, this, just the thought of, I feel like nowadays, when we were talking about your, uh, your personality types a few seconds, minutes ago, 
this thought of like your personality doesn't really change. Like you change, but like the core of who mm. you are, like the way you lean, yeah. is really is something. There's things that pull with you throughout your life. Like you can change yourself, but there, are, I feel like that's really interesting. Mm. And I'm gonna sit and think about that. Like, well, what was I doing as a kid? So, anyways, so you were like, <clears throat> you realized I'm and, moving and, you out know, to LA. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you should always say, <laughs> when I was six, I liked doing this. So therefore, mm-hmm. I should try to find a way to do it now. But I yeah. will say that a way to frame that positively is if you're doing something as an adult, yeah, that is something you loved doing when you were a kid. That's that's at least a good a good sign that maybe yeah. this could be a good thing to yeah. do. Or maybe there was like aspects of what you're doing mm-hmm. as a kid that pull into maybe you just obsessed about Legos and now architecture is a thing. I don't know. Like what are like the core yeah. things of yeah. what you were? I don't know. I love Legos. Maybe that's as stretching. Well. I, yeah, love I love Legos, Legos, Legos too. too. I, and I think that's that's all, there's always been a building side to me yeah. too. Like I love building things. Yeah. Anywho, um, I moved to LA. I did acting for a year. Started at the absolute bottom, as in just took armpit PA gigs like getting $125 a day to clean up the food fight mess after a MTV reality show, you know, <laughs> like just literally terrible gigs yeah. and did, did, you know, did PA gigs and did just like completely menial work so that I could pay for the attempt, the attempt to, to be out there and to, yeah. to pay enough to pay my rent and, and, and act and yeah. <clears throat> just to survive, just out to there. survive. Yeah. yeah. How and old were you? I, early 30s. Really? Yeah, very very early, early 30s. I think. Early 30s, and you completely yeah. made the shift. So I've talked to... This is... I have talked to several friends, younger friends of mine. I hang out with young people because I'm super cool. <laughs> no big deal. I don't like to uh, brag. I'm so lonely. <laughs> um, no, but a, a, I, I will sometimes counsel friends of mine who are like going through mm-hmm. a mid-20s crisis or like, I'm doing this job. I graduated from college. I've been doing this for a while. And it's a good job, but I don't know. I don't really want to do this. I want to do this, but is it too late? I'm 27, you know? (laughs) And I always tell them, not that by any means my life is something that should be aspired to, uh, but I I always tell them, you know, you could do every, you could change everything. You could tear your your life down to the studs when you're 30 Mm -hmm. and build it up from, from, from that point. And you'd still be ahead of me because I was, you know, I was yeah. over thirty when I like stripped everything yeah. down. When I yeah. when I left a great job, when I left yeah. a monthly paycheck, when I left all the stability to like chase my dreams. Yeah. And but that said, to do that, you had a couple houses. Mm-hmm. Were you renting them out at that time while you were in LA, or what did that look like? Uh, so yeah, I bought. I mean, man, cause you were you were smart, man. Yeah, I was really smart. A, a smart thing to do is to buy a house. In Minnesota in 2004, yeah, okay. at the absolute peak of the market, yeah. and then buy another one in 2006, yeah. just just after the crest. Sure. Yeah. So honestly, like, it's only been within the last year or two where I could have like sold my houses and broken broken even again, really? or made a little bit. Yeah. So, I am not a genius, but yeah. when I was doing real estate, I realized that real estate investment is the only investment that other people make for you, like rental properties. Yeah. It's the only investment you can make that other people. This won't make the podcast, but like, if you want to do any kind of investment, it's always your own money into this, your money into this. You're like, yeah. I invested in this, I invested my money in this. Real estate is something where if you get a house, other people are paying you every month and they are paying for this asset that's growing. So, Which is interesting because Sarah and I are talking, we rent and we're thinking about like getting a duplex, hmm. starting with that, renting out half, and then 
hopefully renting the whole thing yeah. at some point. Anyways, I just find I, that, I think I, I think that's brilliant. It's it is generally brilliant, but we yeah. later we can yeah. we can go offline and talk <laughs> about why I think that the real estate market is not going to crash, but it's going to crest. Okay. Um, a few, yeah, we don't yeah. have to get into that. Yeah, I would do want to pick a brain on that. Yeah. Um, we'll, okay, we'll so you're. <laughs> Um, this is this is real estate wisdom with uh, Rob Morgan. I've been renting my whole life, but to review, buy <laughs> uh, buy buy property at the absolute peak of the market. Yeah. Buy high, sell low. On. That's right. So I'm living in L.A. I'm living in L.A. I had, had these two houses that yeah. I had I had renters in in yeah. both the houses. But I mean, looking back on it now, I realize, holy cow, I I left everything. Like I yeah, um, I stripped everything down, and 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 even financially. I got myself down to because I'd put money into the houses and a lot of my in, a, lot, a lot of my, my retirement plan was mm-hmm. in the houses so I bought the houses put money into them for that and so yeah. so I was basically down to zero um, essentially down to zero in LA and when I when you hear stories about people like I sold I sold everything I had to start this yeah. company and now it's worth 10 million yeah. For every one of those stories, there is literally 50 stories or more of like people, I had everything, I put it into this, and it all failed. <laughs> you know, so so, so one nothing. of the problems is like we tend to deify the Elon Musks and the you know the people that have these stories of mm. rags to riches or riches to rags yes. to riches, and we just like, look at this. But when in actuality, um, oh. that doesn't work out nearly as much as we think it does. It's kind of like roman it's like romantic comedies. We yeah. watch romantic comedies and if, if that's all you watch and if you think if that's how you think love works, yeah. It doesn't. That's yeah. not real, you know. That's not real life. That's not real. Yeah. So that's interesting cuz I I can be a junkie for uh, studying and following like peak performers, mm. successful people. But you're totally right. Yeah, for I mean, every one of those stories as Americans, we want things to fit into these neat, more so now than ever, we want these neat little stories and we want these little sound bites and we want these, my life was really tough, but then this happened and now it's great. If all you do is pick the winners and tell their stories, you're gonna think that's how it always works. Yes. But as I've gotten older and especially as I went through commercial real estate, my, my time in the commercial real estate world and saw a lot of people investing and a lot of business owners who were renting space from us or buying buildings with us or, and realizing, oh, wait a second, a lot of people make dumb decisions and they fail. And so a lot of people make decisions because they think they see that they only see the success stories and they're like, oh, this is what you do. Yeah. And so I'm going to take literally 90% of all the money that I have and put it into this potholder business that That my cousin worked for one guy. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to how do you define success? Yeah. And, And that's really what is winning? What is what does it mean to succeed in life? Mm and 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 you have to answer that question first because if you say that success in life is is how much money you make you're going to you're going to judge how well you do completely differently than if you say success is based on having a good relationship with my family or my friends or god or mm-hmm. here let me well let me explain where this is coming from <clears throat> oh, man let me use, so let me use the summer as an example yeah so May 5th of this summer, 2017, I got on a plane and I flew to LA and started a, basically a summer of travel. Uh, the next eight weeks I flew 17 times. I shot, I shot, I don't remember how many different pro- projects it was, but different, a bunch of different things for a bunch of different clients and individuals. And for the month of June, I was in New York the whole month. I came back like once a week. Mm-hmm. But the month of June, I was shooting this 
this project for Bumble, which is a dating app that's um, sweeping the nation. <laughs> so the Bumble shoot that I did was the biggest shoot I've ever done, the biggest client, prob- in some ways the biggest client I've ever had. It was, easy, it was the, the biggest check I've ever received for a job Man. by a factor of two. And so I had a summer basically from May 5th to August 5th where I was gone almost the whole time, I, you know, back, for, yeah, yeah. back to re- replenish my supplies or, or be home for a day or two. Yeah. But I was gone all summer. And everything I was doing, I was getting paid for. So I got back from, I got back from that trip, from this, this summer's travels. Mm-hmm. And I got all the paychecks, and I put them all in a pile, and I you know, put them in a bank. Put, put the pile in the bank, put the <laughs> bank at home. <laughs> I get home, I get all the checks, yeah. uh, get everything in order, put stuff in the bank, and then I have like, time to think about it. And so right yeah. when I got back, people were, were saying, oh, welcome home, you've been yeah. gone a ton. I've been yeah. seeing on Instagram, you're here and here and here. Yeah. And wow, you must have had a great summer. And, I, and they would ask, how's your summer? How was yeah. your summer? And I, I would say, it was great. It yeah. was awesome. I went to LA, yeah. went to Cincinnati, I went to Bear, da, 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 da. I did how's all these places. summer? You don't follow me on Instagram, <laughs> do you? <laughs> don't ask me stupid questions. <laughs> I did all these things and like right away, I'm like, yeah, it was a great summer because look how much money I made. And I told everyone how much money I made. Just oh, kidding. for sure. Once again, on Instagram. <laughs> follow me on Instagram, you'll know how much these things are paying. I did all these shoots. I made all this money and and the shoots I was gone I got all these miles on Delta look I'm, I'm gonna yeah. hit status again blah, yeah. blah 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 and I felt this is great this summer was great fast forward maybe two weeks and I've been I've had I've had more shoots while I've been in the cities since I've been home but for the most part like I haven't been like constantly on the road and I've had more time to think like I wake up in my bed every morning which by the way it's a great place to wake it's up it's such a treat yeah but I, I have some rhythm and I wake up and I make coffee and I do some reading and, and I've been able to like slow my life down. And I started thinking about my summer and I realized it was a tale of two cities. Like mm. on one hand, initially I thought this summer was great. I flew all these places. I impressed all these people with my client list. I made this income, which for me was more than I've ever made in a you know three month period. So like, oh yeah, it's obviously a win. Yeah. Um, but then I look back on it and I started, I started just thinking about things. First of all, I really felt like this summer put a huge ding in a lot of my relationships. Really? Like- May 5th through August 5th, I was physically in town on a weekend to go to, to, go to church, to go to Eagle Brook. Yeah. Twice. And I was physically in town for my small group that I do with mm-hmm. some guys. Three Wednesdays, three times. Mm-hmm. So for three months... I was gone every weekend, except for two. Mm-hmm. I was gone every Wednesday, except for three. I missed an untold number of, oh, we're going to hang out at the lake tonight. We're going to go on the pontoon. My sister and her family inviting me up for a supper. Like, I missed all of this stuff. And so as I started to sit on the summer and think about it and, like, slow my life down, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I realized, you know, it was really hard. And... The, the, when I talk about success, like this summer, initially I thought, oh, no brainer. It was a su- oh, yeah. successful summer, probably the most totally. successful summer I've ever had. In any way that most people gauge success. Yeah. And then when I think about it and I get back into real, into, into the real world and, yeah. and actually go visit my grandma and actually yeah. see my parents and see my friends and realize that that's the stuff that is really, that's what really matters. And I start to realize, wait a second. No, this summer was not great. This summer might have been terrible. And, and the weird thing is, like, you get... I'll use my shoot in June as an example. I do the shoot in June. I get all the, the 
the editing done, get all this, this stuff to the clients. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. I send the invoice to the agency. They send me a check. And this is a, a check. great from, way for it to work. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> especially the check part. But like any other time in my life, when I, yeah. if I would have gotten a check, yeah. like at the end of a job, or if I would have gotten a check for that amount of money made out to me or my business, I would have thought, holy cow. Yeah. This is the best thing ever, everybody. We're going to Arby's. Yeah. Half pounders on Nader. Screw Perkins. We're moving up to Arby's. <laughs> but like any other time, I would have looked at that check and thought, "Wow, this yeah. is great. Look at me. I've yeah. I've made it. This Almost is success. like a validation. Yeah, a little bit. But instead, like that check comes in now, and I and and, and I see it, and I don't see like, oh, this yeah. is an amount of money. I I look at the check and I think this represents an entire month of my life that I was gone. This, mm. this check represents two trips to cabin weekends that I couldn't go on. This trip represents three, three trips to see my, you know, my family. This trip represents yeah. all these things. And I realize this isn't, th- this is meaningless. Yeah. I mean, it's not meaningless in that it's nice to have money in the bank and be able to pay mm-hmm. for, your, for your stuff. But how do you measure success? Because if you measure by money, you're going to come up with a totally different. You're going to come to totally different conclusions than if you measure yeah. success by what I think truly matters. Okay. Um, that time, like you're just trading it, man. Okay, so it's interesting you say that because I had the same. Uh, we did our Asia tour, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember it was my version of what you're talking about would be that I, we did, we had a day, and I remember I was in Shanghai, China. And it was the probably the most baller gig I've ever been a part of. And I remember I got, the, I told I uh, told the um, promoters I was like, man, I've always wanted to do like a green room tattoo, like bring bring someone in the green room and have them do a tattoo like right before or after a show. Great life goal. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, and <laughs> so dumb, but it's like I was like, man, I've always wanted to do this. They're like, well, we can't do that here because we were in Beijing. But you guys are gonna be in Shanghai. We're gonna we'll we'll book you a car and a translator that will pick you up from your hotel, and they will book you a tattoo artist, and we'll take care of all of it. So they literally did everything, and they, we had this crazy show. I was VIP around had all this stuff got back to like the nicest hotel room I've ever been put up in and I'm laying in bed alone after the, the most baller day and I'm staring at the ceiling and we were halfway through our month tour and I remember just thinking man this is one of the coolest days of my life but Sarah's not here mm. and I don't want to I don't want to doing something that I only make money if Sarah's not with me if I'm out of town like what is it worth what am I giving up mm. for this I was getting paid fine but it's, I feel like the same kind of thing I'm yeah. like man what am I trading for this man I've definitely had those moments too like the moments where yeah. you're in an un- unbelievable place and all you want to do is be with yeah. someone you care about totally or people that you care yeah. about yeah and like the same, it's it's the same thing. You can fill in the blank, whether it's like the check, the experience, whatever it is. Um, yeah, like what are you giving up for that? So okay, so what you're you're looking at that, and is it mainly just time with people that you were trading money for what? Like, what's the first thing that fills in that blank for you? Let me think about this. Part of the problem is I'm still, I am still going through this. Like I am still yeah, figuring out what. How to how to look back on this? But for me, it, it's Hell more yes. so. I love that you're in the middle of it. <laughs> you're not coming at this with all the answers. Oh heavens, no! But for me, like I'm, I I think futuristically, yeah. 
And yeah. so for me, like this summer isn't just this summer. Yeah. This summer is this fall. Yeah. So how am I gonna how am I gonna take on okay. further yeah. gigs? Because yeah. or how am I gonna how am I gonna approach this fall? Because because you're committed. You can't you back out of stuff right now. No, you're I like cannot. right in the middle of it. You've already committed yourself, so it's not like you're gonna in, bail on in anything. the world of, in the world of film or in the wor- commercial in the yeah. commercial world. Essentially, a lot of times it's it's very last minute. Okay. So, for instance, last Friday I got a I got a email I got an email Friday at like four, and yeah. it was a agency friend of mine from California, and he said, "Can you in the next." nine days can you fly to seven different cities and get one shot out of a window of all this all the uh, nfl stadiums in each of the cities uh for uber so uber wanted to fly someone to shoot all you know seven cities nine mm-hmm. days and have to have to have, have all this delivered in time for like kickoff or something or yeah that. i don't know so he called so that was on a friday and Hey, can you leave in two days to be gone for eight days? Mm-hmm. You'll get your full commercial day rate. We'll pay for all the expenses. So it's like it's a very plum gig. It's oh, yeah. a very fun gig. It's yeah. a very doable gig. Um, and that's a Friday afternoon where suddenly I get that. Can you leave yeah. in two days? Yeah. So I got a then Saturday morning I get another email saying, yeah. um, Houston, there's stuff going on. We, we just we're gonna we're gonna push yeah. this back. Yeah. Uh, I hope everyone listening to this podcast is, is impressed that I just said NFL and Uber. That's really oh, that's what you, I wanted yeah, them yeah, to get. Yeah. The point is, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is like, <laughs> for me, my travel comes yeah. in very last minute and it always starts with, are you available to blank? Yeah. So for me, the whole thing is, when am I going to be available? Mm. Because this summer, I went into the summer and said to myself, I'll do anything. Uh, I'm still at a, like a building phase in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am not so established that I can just work whenever I want and mm-hmm. not work whenever I want. You know, yeah. I'm no, oh, yeah. I'm no Michael Bay, you know, <laughs> the auteur. Yeah. But so I'm in a building phase. So I said, yes, I'm available. <laughs> so looking ahead, yeah. September, October, November, November, December, what is my response going to be the next time an email comes and says, Hey, September 9th through the 20th, can you go to Bombay? Or, you know, September, you know, whatever the yeah. thing is, I have to decide right now in advance, like, what, when am I going to say I am not shooting anything this week or this month mm. or this time? Like, where are and your so, boundaries are Although I'm, although I am, yeah, although I'm trying to figure out, like, how I felt about the summer, that's kind of a simultaneous, I don't want to go through what I did, went through this summer yeah. again. I don't care how much money I make. Yeah. You cannot pay me enough money to miss life like that. Yeah. So moving ahead, when am I going to? What kind of boundaries am I going to set? And that's something I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't because like how I'm, much life do you need? Is like a week, a month in town enough? Or like where's that line of what you would find healthy? Yeah. As a creative, <laughs> by the way, I hate I hate referring oh. to myself or anyone else as a creative. But for the sake of ease, I'm going to say it. No, as creatives, crap, you and yeah. I, you know, we creators. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a strange world because. If someone calls you and says, hey, can you go on a tour with Jeremy Messersmith leaving in a week for three mm-hmm. weeks? We'll pay you this much. You, if you say yes to that, someone who sees that tour might say, oh, bass player is really good. Would yeah. you like to play with this artist? Oh, that yeah. play, it's would you like to play with this? It's never just that. It's never just what you're doing right now. Yeah. And so for you and for me, like me taking a week off, if I say I'm not going to work this week, I might miss something that, that could pay for all of 2018. Like you might miss that home run. So part of me thinks in terms of, well, I kind of still have to keep my foot on the gas and say yes to stuff. Mm-hmm. But I bet that 
really wealthy, or maybe not even wealthy, but really wealthy 80-year-olds, when they're looking back on their life, you know, they they never intended to, like, have their whole life disappear. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get to the point where I'm looking back on my life saying, what happened? Yeah. I have a really nice house on this lake, and I've got all these things, but you know what? I, would know, I wasn't with my mom in the last year of her life. Mm-hmm. I missed my friend's kid's graduation. I missed all this stuff. I missed the stuff that makes life like really matter because I was chasing this unicorn, yeah. you know, the, a success yeah. like, of like building a business or having income. Yeah. And it's, it'd be really nice for podcast listeners to be able to hear a podcast and get like this. And so this is the final, yeah. this is so the final this, story. This is trick. But I'm, I am really in the middle of this. Like yeah. when do you, especially as a creative, yeah. when do you carve out time and say, I got to just... I gotta not do this. Yeah. I love that you're in the middle of it. That gets me so pumped. No, it sucks to be you, but uh, <laughs> I had a penny for every time I've heard that. Uh, but it, yeah, it's it's just. I think that's cool. I'm over like, even before you were saying, "Oh man, we're gonna find this person was successful, so this worked for him." Because it's not. I feel like something I'm learning that I wish I would have learned a long time ago is learning how to focus less on the goals on which goals to set for yourself or the which tactics and more how to think about things I feel like that's Explain. the key so to me the key that's really cool that I'm interested in with you is less about so then these are the tips and tricks I did hmm. um, I'm more interested in okay you find yourself in this position what are like questions you're asking yourself or like how how do you process inf- this information because when, no matter what field you're in, if you're in video stuff, if you're in music, I could, I hate when people are talking about gear all the time because it doesn't matter. Your gear does matter to an extent, but it matters how you're viewing music and how you play and the mm. way you process music. That's what makes your art. Same with video, mm. how you process stuff. So that's why I'm the most interested in It's like, okay, you're in this situation. You're, you're having like the best, you're ultra successful, but at the same time dealing with these things. So how do you process this? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, funny that you said you. I mean, obviously this was an aside, but you yeah. said you're ultra successful. Just that assumption that I'm ultra successful. And, yeah, yeah. And like because that that assumes, and this is something I push myself oh, on all the time. That yeah. assumes that let's say I made X this mm-hmm. summer, you know, and X is a number that anyone would say is like. What, does that make make me successful? And I think the general American reaction, or maybe the general human reaction, is like, oh that person just did that great thing for that client and got paid that much. That's great. So it's yep. like this assumed success. Yeah. But the more I've wrestled with it, the more I'm like, I don't think making a lot of money is mm-hmm. a, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I definitely think it's not a good thing. It's not in and of itself a good thing. Like it's not it is a, qualifier a dangerous of thing. success. Yeah, correct. It's not, it's, it's, oh, it's you're qual- not even going, it's not even a good thing. It's a, it's a dangerous thing. You're saying, well, break that down. What do you, Dive into that more because yeah. I'm interested in that. What I'm struggling with is like, I don't want to be the guy who's like, yeah, you should never make money. I think it's great to make yeah. money. I think you should, it, as as much as you can do it in a healthy fashion, you should make as much money as you can and then give away as much money as you can. Rich Mullins, we used to tour back in the day when I was a professional oh, yeah. musician. We toured with a guy named Mitch McVicker. 
and Mitch McVicker is still he still tours and plays mm-hmm. concerts on his own. But he used to he used to tour and play with with Rich Mullins. Okay. So in the Rich's last few years, Mitch was with him and all this stuff. And Mitch told a story of when when Rich was younger and kind of in this young phase of like a lot of young believers he's like I should sell everything I have and live just in poverty he was talking to his his uncle about that he said hey uncle I'm just going to sell everything and live in the woods and just just trust God completely and his uncle said Rich that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard (laughs) you should try to make as much money as you can so you can give away as much money as you can Hmm. and so he just instilled in him like this belief that it's, it's money's not a bad thing it's just you know, so you, you have to be it. you have to be smart with it. But yeah. at the same, but then you, you balance that out with Paul. You know, when Paul talks, like one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible, "Money is the root of all evil." No, yeah. it's the love of money is the root of all evil, and that's not even right. It's the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So you're mm-hmm. gonna have to get back to the original <laughs> original language for that. But what what Paul is saying is like he's not saying money is he's not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah, but the love of it can be. A root yeah. of a lot of bad things. Yeah. So, I don't want I don't want to come across either on the mm-hmm. podcast or just in my life as saying that money's bad because, yeah. to be honest, I've spent the last couple of years trying to make money, mm-hmm. and so is, has it all been a yeah. waste. I will say though that just this idea of me looking back at my summer and thinking that was successful, yeah, because I made enough money, but I I lost out on all these relational pieces in my mm-hmm. life. M- may I never think that success is money at the expense. Of relationships, because that's oh, that's so heavy. Because like, what if you? Dude, get a, that is so heavy. But what if Sting calls you oh. up and is like, "Hey, me and Manu Kachi are doing a tour." Is yeah. Manu still his drummer? I don't. Maybe that's, what, that's probably twenty years ago. <laughs> that's twenty years. So Sting calls you yeah. up and he's like, "Hey, me uh, and Manu are doing a tour. You want to yeah. play bass? We will pay you thirty-five hundred dollars a show. There's it's it's a twenty-six show run. Yeah, and you'll have a tour bus and blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. That seems like a great, awesome opportunity, but yeah. At what extent? At what, at at what expense? At, what expense? Yes. Yeah, because there, I uh, especially I've talked with a bunch of people who ever. The great thing about this and doing conversations with different people from different industries is that um, the different opinions when it comes to like business and money. So I've talked to people who a guy who was high up at General Mills mm. and he talks about, man, like get get a good job that like it takes care of you and your family so that you have the freedom to like make the art that you want. And then I have and then I've talked with artists and musicians that are like, oh man, money, I'm not focusing on money at all. I'm just gonna take the high road and do my art or ministry or whatever it is. Um but your this is interesting talking with you because I feel like this is a middle ground that it's not about a high or a low road. It's like what are you giving up? Hmm. It seems like that seems like the question. Like at what point am I willing to, like fill in the blank, money or career? What does success look like for you? I don't know. Let me just step back to my family briefly. Oh yeah. My dad was a pastor. Mom was a homemaker. And so for much of my life. Most of my life, I've thought I grew up poor. Yeah. Not poor related to anywhere in the world. And I realize yeah. that as, as Americans, we are so lucky. Yeah. But like in relation to other people that I. Within imagine, your environment, we yeah. grew up poor. But that is presupposing the idea that success is how much money you have. Hmm. Let me explain my life 
my dad was a pastor at a church that was 100, 100 yards down the road. He yeah. walked to church in the morning and came back. Yeah. Our family ate every meal together except for Saturday breakfast. Every meal. Like, my dad would wake up. We, our, our family would have breakfast on a Monday before school. Yes. Go to school, come back, and that night we'd all eat supper. We ate every meal together. We lived out in the country. My parents had a garden. They loved gardening. That was their hobby. Yeah. We had fresh vegetables from midsummer into yeah. fall every year. Yeah. My mom canned. Yeah. My dad was home every night. We played games. He never traveled for business. We went camping every year to Itasca State Park in northern Minnesota. And then once every three or four years, we'd go to Glacier National Park. Go big. Uh, we had a car that ran. My mom liked knitting. She knit us sweaters. And she would, like, sew. And so... Basically, what I'm saying. You never is I grew, went hungry. Uh, I grew up in a little house on the prairie, but like looking back at my life, my mom loved my dad and vice versa. My parents loved me. They were always there. We always had food. We had camping in a tent, and it was that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I look back now, I think with the right lenses on, and I say, we didn't grow up poor. I grew up unbelievably rich. And the more that I've gone out in the world, and the more that I have worked with people and seen a lot of very wealthy individuals, the more I realized my life as a kid was so much better than theirs. And that's not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm better, but I'm just saying like yeah. with wealth and with travel and with business and with the cares of the world come a lot of like blowback. There's just a lot mm. of like the side stuff. It's like, Man. well, we're super rich, but my, so like a friend of mine, he's really wealthy and you know, their family has wave runners and all this stuff, yeah. but his folks got divorced and it's been really hard on him. And one of the reasons, and, and this is kind of a, a hybrid theoretical, but like dad worked too much yeah. or family went through, you know, foreclosure because their, 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 their hunger got for things got too big. Or, yeah. What I'm trying to say, I'm getting a little too wide here. What I'm trying to say is like my life, although I've always kind of gone with this narrative that I grew up poor. Absolutely, I grew up rich. I grew up one of the wealthiest people mm-hmm. that I've that I know, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I say that not because it's nothing that I've done. I'm just thankful for that. And if I measure my life, if I measure the if I measure the success of my life based on relationships or mm-hmm. like the kind of life that I grew up with and the kind of home that my parents gave me, that's a totally different measure of success than if it's money. Oh. And so here, here's kind of one of the main problems That's that I have. Really great. If you had to, li- if I had to list out the things that are most important to me, like Nate, list out what's important. Number one is my faith in God. Number two, my my relationship with my family. Number three, my relationship with my friends. And then number four on down is like work. Like I love, I actually do love my work. I love skiing. Mm-hmm. I love my hobbies. Whatever. Yeah. But number one, God. Two, family. Three, friends. Four, everything yeah. else. So that's that's me, right? That's mm-hmm. my hierarchy. Yeah. Look at my last three months. Look at the summer. If you if you didn't talk to me at all and just said, okay, here's Nate's schedule. Here's how much time he spent with mm-hmm. his parents, in faith, blah 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 blah. Yeah. What would you say is the most important thing to him? Looking at this eight week, seventeen flight schedule. Looking at these this many trips and this. Any observer would be like, oh yeah, he's a he's he wants a to guy. he's a career guy. That's yeah. the most important thing to him. The struggle I'm having right now is. That that tension between what's most important to me, my family, my faith, my friends. That's yeah. it. That's the that's the most important. Okay, so how are you living that out? Well, I'm leaving again tomorrow for a, a two week trip to here. <laughs> yeah. But wait, I thought you just said this is most important. Well, yeah. this is just a phase, though. I yeah. think if I do this 
for another mm-hmm. year. Then I'll yeah. have enough where I can, you know, and yeah. you, th- there's that push-pull. There's that tension where yeah. I, I'm caught right in the middle of it. Like, yeah. my the most important things to me in my life have not been reflected in my work. Hmm. Partially because I've chosen to not reflect them in my work and partially because I'm kind of in a job and in a, a phase of my career where I have to be a little more aggressive and yeah. be gone more. You have to hustle. Yeah, you have to hustle. But there's the, the tension for me. Well, right now I'm realizing, and this summer was a great example of it, this, the tension is for me is how do you live your life chase, chasing the success that really matters to you? Like how, how is that supposed to look? Yeah. And I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know what that means. But I do know that I, it's not enough for me to have three completely busy weeks or three completely busy months where I'm shooting all these cool things and making all this money. Yeah. I am no longer willing to say, yeah, that's a successful summer. Yeah. That is not a, at, at best, it's a break-even summer. Man. Yeah, I guess it just depends where the give and take is. It all depends on where that threshold is that you where you draw the line if that continues and like you spend all year every year just constant like that not investing in relationships that's one thing or say what happens if you spend the three months like that and then you use Mm. that and then you are able to take a month off and be with friends so like i I wonder uh not to say i have an answer it's just it's interesting the more these just brings up more questions of definition so i have to touch on yeah Satan's uh, claw, uh, <laughs> social media, uh, epitaph. No, um, <laughs> I do have to touch on social media though because let me use Instagram as an example. I have been very in the last couple of years. I've really like slowed down on Instagram. I don't post okay. as much as yeah. I used to. Uh, Which is a bummer because I just started following you. So anyway, it's cool. I'll, I'll post yeah, some more. Yeah. Funny stuff. I swear. <laughs> uh, no, but like. If you look at Instagram and what plays, like what's the temptation to post on Instagram? Your absolute best. Yeah. And so for me, let me just bring it back to me because I love, I love me some me. Love talking about myself. Oh man. But like talking about how I inter- how I interact with Instagram. Like the temptation for me with a with social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever MySpace, yeah, whatever you use. Like on Instagram, I want to post the time I'm shooting this thing at the Target corporate headquarters because mm-hmm. people think, oh, he's shooting at Target now. Look how cool he is. Yeah. Or I want to post this thing like, uh, I'm shooting this thing uh, in New York or yeah. I'm in Columbia shooting this because I want people to know that, oh, I'm still doing yeah. stuff. And, and, and that's what gets engagement and that's what gets people to like it and be like, oh, and so people who don't know me well, if they just see my, a flyover of my Instagram, they're going to think, oh, you're because what I get from people as I've been more active, what people will say when they follow me on Instagram is, oh, you've been everywhere. Yeah. You're do- oh, I saw you oh, did yeah. this thing. Yeah. I saw you're yeah. doing some good. Yeah. And so like the, there's kind of like this, this subtle unspoken pressure to, to, to like th- that makes me feel successful mm-hmm. when I post that I'm busy and doing things where people can figure out, oh, I yeah. bet he's making a lot of money doing that. And people are responding like, oh, that's so cool. That makes me If I so post young. a picture, I try to have lunch with my grandma at least whenever, whenever I'm home, I try to get there every three weeks, yeah. three, four weeks. And if I posted a picture of that all the time, it'd be boring. Mm-hmm. It's the same same grandma. It's the same old folks home in Cambridge. It's the same. Every three it's weeks. the same meal, and like yeah. that's boring. Yeah. Post some more stuff from yeah. the shoot in yeah. France, you know. Um, so we don't get encouraged. I should say the way I view Instagram, I don't think it like it encourages what really matters, like real success. Mm-hmm. It encourages like a curated, beautiful lifestyle. It encourages like. 
it feels to me like my temptation with with social media is to try to make people think I'm successful yeah. from a worldly perspective or from a money perspective. Yeah. And so one of the reasons I've been stepping back is because I'm realizing, oh, this isn't. I don't like what this is doing to me. Yeah. Because I want to be the kind of person who truly loves my family and my friends and my mm. community. And that what that's what matters the most. And I think social media for me has become kind of this thing that is, unfortunately, it's just it's it's a makes it harder for me to to be less narcissistic. It makes me harder to really value the things that matter. Yes. Instead, social media makes me value getting having people like me, getting the little shot of yeah. dopamine when I see, oh my word, look, twenty four people just like this. Yeah. I'm the coolest ever. I gotta check back and see if you got any <laughs> yeah. more likes. Uh, every thirty seconds. Man, I suck. At social media, I'm I am that too hyper extreme mm. of like wanting to check and doing mm. like posting things. Man, I just I just had an interaction with someone. Uh, oh man, this is so dumb to even say out loud. That I I posted. I told Sarah yesterday. I was like, I gotta go take a picture of some of the music gear like I was working on today, so that people will think I'm still doing music because yeah. I decided I'm not gonna take pictures of gear or my gigs yeah. and stuff. And I've had multiple people be like, so are you even doing music anymore? Yeah. Because we don't see you post anything about it. I am quiet because I just don't know the answer. Especially yeah, yeah, for yeah. someone in your position or my position where a lot of times the kind of work, you get some traction in your work world. Yeah. If producers are like, if producers are like sneaking on my Instagram and they're like, oh, he hasn't posted anything in five weeks. Is he still available? Let's call this other guy. Or for yeah. you, like... Uh, yeah. I don't think Rob's doing music because I haven't seen him post anything. Okay, yeah. we'll call this other guy. Yeah. So there is a little touch of like you have. Yeah. There is a touch of having playing to, the game to, to feed the feed the demon. Uh, <laughs> demon. <laughs> uh, podcast title. Yeah. Uh, I, for, for me though, it starts with internals. Like, what is my heart? What yeah. what is what is my intention in this? And what I have found with, for instance, you should, for instance, talking about social media again, my heart behind a lot of my posting in the past has not been. I love other people. I want to encourage people. I want to be like in a, a positive addition to this world. It's yeah. been, I want people to like me a little more. Yeah. I want to drop some breadcrumbs so that the people can kind of put together, oh, if he posted this, he must be here doing this for this and making yeah, yeah. this. Wow, he's cool. <laughs> yes. Like if my motivation is to like make people think I'm wealthier or cooler than I really am, because I'm not wealthy or cool, but if my motivation is that, it's never going to turn out right. And yeah. so my goal with social media and with a lot of my work choices is I want to go into these projects like caring about other people. Mm. I want to go into these projects caring about my family, my friends, and my faith and say, in light of how much I love these things and in light of how important these things are to me, I make this decision. Yeah. Instead of the alternate, which is like, I got to build a business and make money. Therefore, yeah. I make this decision. Okay, now that I've made this yeah. decision, I'm going to backfill the friends and the relationship piece. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to yeah. start with the relationships and the things that really matter and backfill work. Yeah. In life, I want to make decisions in life based on the things that really matter yeah, to me, yeah. what I determine success to be. Yeah. And for me, success is not money. So my first decision, when I make a decision, the first thing I con consult shouldn't be how much will I, how much money will I make on this? Yeah. How much prestige will I get from this for my business or for my whatever? Yeah. I want to start with I'm a person who loves my family. I'm a person who loves my my church and my my friends, and because yeah. of that because that means so much to me I know that I want to be home for most yeah. of this month Yeah. so once you make that decision okay and some of the email comes in can you come shoot this next week I'll be like no Yeah. next week I'm going to the farm with my yeah. brother and sister And oh man that's awesome that's awesome that's the point of this whole thing it's like 
it's not the answer. This isn't the answer sheet. That, here's the things that matter to you. It's mm. the whole thing is figure out what matters to you. Write it down because that's going to be yeah. different for everybody. Everybody's limits and how much time you need in town or to spend with people is different for yeah. everybody. But when it's the hardest to hold yourself to those things, committing to do that. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that's the point. It's not the answer. It's the way you're thinking about it and intentionality. Exactly. And, and my the way my my brain works, yeah. I want to know how much can I make. Yeah. Like, should I just say, okay, I can make four grand a month. Yeah. And that's, once I make four grand, I can't yeah. take any more work. Or, you know, I can't take any job that pays less than this. Or I, yeah. I, I always want to break things down into steps, but I think it's way, I, I want to break things down into binary like decisions and black and white yeah. things that I understand. But I know that that is not how the world works. And yeah. I know that for me right now, uh, I think for any of us, like it's the best thing to do is how can you in a healthy and like a balanced way really decide what matters to you. Yeah. And then based from that healthy, balanced perspective of what's most important to you, then you start making these business decisions or these work decisions uh, or these career decisions. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like you can't make more than this much per year. It's not you can't be gone for more than this many days per month. As much yeah. as I want to have those things that I can, hard and fast rules that I can live by, Yeah. that's not the way it is. It starts with your core. It starts with your, you know, your spirit and your soul yeah, yeah. and like finding peace and finding your, your compass that way. And then from there, making healthy decisions. Oh man! How can I be a healthy, balanced person? And once you're a healthy, balanced person, you'll make the right decisions, or you can make the right decisions at that point. Oh. So I'm trying to be a healthy person, and then moving forward, moving forward from this wonderful and terrible summer. Yeah. I hope that I make better and better decisions. That, oh man! That balance out like making money and building my business, but at the same time knowing that it's really important to be at my friend Brent's house for a pontoon ride. Mm-hmm. Like that's. That's the balance. But, like, again, we, in America, we want, modern America, we want everything to be neat and easy, do these things, yeah. here's the here's the rising, here's where everything broke, and this is the ending. And, like, yeah. this, it's not that neat. Yeah. All we have is, can you be healthy internally? Yeah. Can you be in a healthy place? And from that healthy place, make good decisions. Yes, ma'am. I'm just trying to clean your plates so you don't have to feel like you have a bunch of stuff right up your Hey, girl. <laughs> Wait for it. You bedazzle that shirt yourself? <laughs> what I? Yes, I do. Did I you bedazzle this, that yourself? Yes, I do. I, I knew the, it! I buy oh. the shirts for like 374 at Walmart. Yes! Oh, I love that. I a girl. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. 
It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, 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 you know the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. Alright. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect.